we can't all be as like book learned like you star <laughs> yeah i'm i'm book smart <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you guys are just. I mean, we just, just we just like street smart ones. We just read what's ever on the front page of Amazon. No, y'all know how the streets work. <laughs> you know, you know how to get stuff done. You know, um, outside of formal channels, if you know what I mean. Never forget that you have the tools to build a life on your own terms. Forget the haters. This is Founder Quest. So we were going to, I think, talk about just like. I mean, we've been gone for a couple weeks, several weeks, and I think we're just going to talk about what we're going to do. And I, I've decided, I think we shouldn't call it, I sh- think we shouldn't say that we had a vacation. Oh, that I, like had, I like, had like multiple vacations no, no, uh, sh- and I did some work. Sh- sh- hush, 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 hush. <laughs> okay. No, I think, I think we shouldn't call it a vacation. I think we should say that this is season two of Founder oh. Quest. Oh, <laughs> I see where you're going. Okay. So season two, go. Yeah, nobody says like cereal had a vacation. Right. They're just on, you know, they, they had a new season. Oh, so are we going to be a cereal podcast now? Well, we come we out serially. So, yes. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, sure. Right. Um, it's just whenever we want to go on vacation, we'll just say there's a new season. Nice. So people have to stay tuned. Well, I can't wait for season three. And we don't get canceled. That would suck. Yeah. So, how were your vacations, uh, Josh? Yeah. How many vacations did you take? I think I took two. The first one was uh, kind of a. I mean, I was planning to take some time off, but it was not as planned as this last one. But yeah, in August, I took a couple of weeks off just to kind of recuperate and disconnect and stuff. This last week, we, I just got back from visiting my kids' grandparents, my parents in Arizona. That was uh, fun. It wasn't, I don't know, it was, it was still a lot of work because the kids, you know, taking two little toddlers on an airplane. That was the first first time we've done that. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. Got some sun. They have a pool. So we spent a lot of time by the pool. Nice. I see a little bit you of a thousand yard yeah. stare in your eyes. I <laughs> yeah. I think the, the like children on the airplane. Well, thing. sorry, you did that too, right? You just yeah. got back from. Yeah. So I got back from also a grandparent vacation, but this time the grandparents, my partner's parents were like, hey, we've got this timeshare in Mexico in Puerto Vallarta. And so you should come down. And I've got to tell you, boys, I was really skeptical because it seemed like we were doing all the work, right? Because normally, like, paying for accommodations is not the most daunting part of an international vacation with a three-year-old. I was really skeptical, but it turned out to be super nice and relaxing because they have the timeshare they have. It was very nice. It was a sort of, like, all-inclusive resort and... Um, they had this giant, like four bedroom, like suite with balconies and a hot tub on a balcony. And like, I got to sit during the day for several hours for multiple days in a row and just like read by myself. I haven't gotten to do this unless I just like skip work and do it or something. Which That's is, what I do, I have by the guilt. way. It's not the same, right? Because you feel yeah. like you need to get back. So yeah, it was just great. And I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't really a cultural trap, but I've lived for a year in Mexico. So I, I, I feel like I have a good, you know, appreciation of the Mexican people and and country and culture already. So I, a little bit of a resort vacation was kind of kind of welcome. I think I also got to spend some time reading by the pool while the kids were napping, and it was very nice. What about you, Ben? I did not take any vacations with toddlers, but mm-hmm. I did drop off my older son at college. He just started college this fall, and that was a pretty wild experience. Let me tell you. And I got some house work done, like had contractors doing work on my house. So I'm flat broke now. 
because between college and oh, and then my car broke down. I had to replace a bunch oh. of stuff on it. Oh man, yeah, it's, it's been like all, one all hit directions. after another. It's been it's been crazy, but you know, it's good summer. I got to relax a bit, and yeah, uh, I didn't go anywhere, didn't do anything, but I read some books, and you know, I hit the trail with my bike mm-hmm. several times, which was nice. We had a good summer here and in, in Kirkland, so you know, checking yeah. out of work at at lunchtime and going riding is a good thing. You're going to take some time off later this year, right? Yeah, in a couple of weeks, I'll be heading to visit my parents. Yeah. I haven't seen them at their house in okay. quite a while, so that'll be fun. Yeah, that's great. That's like a big, a big life milestone. When you think about it, it's a little bit of a permanent vacation. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like they're out for, for good, you know, <laughs> I mean, till they, you know, decide to become an artist and then come back because, you know, art doesn't right. really pay much. You got a couple of years. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's the house is definitely quieter. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, kids these days, like uh, he, he texts his mom on a regular basis. And, you know, when I went off to college, it was, I never talked to my parents because I couldn't afford to call them. It was all long distance phone mm-hmm. calls. There was no, there was no email. Oh, or, right. you know, yeah. It was like, yeah. write him a letter. Like, go down to the tele, go down to the telegraph <laughs> <Exactly>. station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a little different these days than it was back in my day, but uh, it's, it's still fun. And, uh, you know, he's still in the dorm and doing all the college stuff. So it's cool. That's good. I've got a plan for Ida to, to sort of pay for college. And that's just like, have her, you know, join the circus instead. <laughs> I've got a friend yeah, who used I like to be that. a carny. I think he might be able to get her like a, like an in, a little foot in the door. Yeah. Well, I think, I think connections are really important in uh, getting your kids into college these days, I hear. So <laughs> it's good to have those. Totally. Totally. It's not a meritocracy, people. I'm sorry to break this to you. The world is not a meritocracy. Yeah. Only chumps like me actually pay for college. <laughs> Well, you know what I did? I, I've been saving for my kids' college since before both of them were born because that's just what I do. I figure I'll just, I'll save a certain amount and if it goes to college, great. If it goes to some other kind of education, you know, it doesn't have to be college and hopefully it's not, to be honest, but we'll see. Yeah, oh. worst, worst case scenario, you get a pool. You're going to be one of those micro people. You're going to be like micro and be like, you don't need to go to college. You go to yeah. trade school. It's okay. So Josh, like you came back and like immediately were interviewed like by some pretty like serious, famous podcasters, right? I know. Yeah. I'm a minor celebrity now, I'm pretty sure. Because I was on Indie Hackers. I did an interview with Indie Hackers a couple weeks ago. I think it came out last, last week, last Monday. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, me and Cortland. Cortland Allen is the host there. And he's a great interviewer. We had a lot of fun just kind of going through the Honey Badger story. Refresh my memory. I think they're the people who are always sort of getting, they're always sort of, back when I read Hacker News, before I realized it was a trash fire, they were always getting sort of featured on Hacker News and stuff because it's like, you know, learn about so-and-so small product team and they make this much money now and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that like, that's the sort of thing it is, right? Yeah, it's like a a podcast for... um... Honestly, it's, uh, you know, a lot of uh, pretty, pretty similar to our audience with uh, basically like bootstrappers, but I think they lean heavily towards the, because of the hacker part, you know, and develop bootstrap developers that are trying to do their own thing. Yeah. So that's right where we fall in. A lot of their other interview, like a lot of the other people on the podcast are fall into similar space like us, I think. Yeah. I listened to that. It was good. You did a good job. So, thanks. Yeah. I don't know. I'm always, you're always like, you don't know how it's how it goes like right after you i always think the worst and i'm like you know review everything i said in my head but yeah i think it turned out turned out pretty good 
Oh yeah. When we yeah. started this one, this podcast, I remember Josh that you were always like, Oh, I, I was so dumb sounding. And <laughs> you know, I was editing them and I was like, no, you didn't sound dumb. You sounded pretty smart, but it's yeah. the same thing. Like I, I had the same thoughts and I would go into ed- the editing process and just be like, I sound, I was so off the rails scattered and whatever. And then I, I listened to it and it's like, no, I sound yeah. pretty, like I knew what I was doing. The process of recording this podcast has helped a lot just to make me a little more comfortable sitting down and talking. It's, I actually and I think enjoy it now. You guys haven't necessarily had this experience. Sitting down and like listening to your own voice every week for like an hour or so is just really, it's really sort of enlightening in a strange way. I can't really put words to it. It's just like, oh, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like you learn kind of what you really sound like as opposed to what you always sort of imagine you sound like in your head. It gives you a little bit of perspective. I know some people, I, I know a number of people who podcast and just won't listen to their episodes. They just, you know, record and ship it and, and then it's gone. They're missing out on a wonderful growth opportunity. I was not sure if I was going to do that or, or listen. And I ended up, I do listen to them now. And I think, like you said, listening does help you kind of uh, perfect your, uh, you know, cadence and you know, the ums and ahs and stuff. I like to think I'm getting a little bit better at uh, dropping those as I say, like five of them. It's all right. I mean, you're better, not perfect, right? Yeah. Every, every yeah, when, little bit is an improvement. Yeah. When we first started, I, I had a real problem because I was so used to like having a, a complete thought form before I started talking. <laughs> and it turns out like on um, radio or podcast, you kind of just have to start talking and trust in the universe to give you something to say <laughs> because just, otherwise it's just going to, yeah, it's just going to yeah. be so stilted and, and slow and it takes forever to edit together. I think that on the office, Michael Scott's, that was Michael Scott's uh, formula for telling jokes. I think is just like start, start a train of thought start and, talking. Then hope, and then hope it turns out. Yeah. Wait, so I haven't seen the American office. Which one is Michael Scott? Uh, he's a uh, Steve Carell's. Oh, the character. main one. Yeah. The main one, the boss. You're comparing me to a satirical <laughs> character, Josh. Yeah. Okay. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, you're a total Michael Scott, just a shoe in. It's okay. I love you too. I love you too. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so let's see. What have we been up to like with the product and stuff? I mean, we haven't really been all just completely on vacation. We've been yeah. like, we shipped a, a major feature like breadcrumbs. Did we talk about this in an earlier podcast? I don't think so. We talked about CSPs. I think breadcrumbs was still in stealth mode, so we hadn't actually discussed stealth it. Mode. Yeah. Every time people say stealth mode, I just think of like Knight Rider yeah. and I, it just sounds so cool. I, w- I want everything to be in stealth mode. So what are breadcrumbs? Can somebody explain breadcrumbs to me? Ben, oh, sorry. I got kind of distracted by the whole Knight Rider thing. I was thinking about Airwolf and how cool that show was. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're all distracted by Knight Rider. I mean, you had the Hoff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Airwolf, it, no. It was like I've uh, never seen Rider, Wolf. but a helicopter instead of a car. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, mm. This is... Air, it was called Airwolf? Yeah. Wow. Sweet. Check it out. <laughs> oh, man. The 80s. The 80s were very weird. They were weird. All right. So there. breadcrumbs. Were they weirder than now? Oh, sorry. Breadcrumbs, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So breadcrumbs, they, uh, the feature allows you to track the things that happened in your application right before an error happened. So maybe a user clicked on a certain thing or certain queries got run or whatever. And so it allows you to basically have some additional context. We already had the notion of context. When you report an error, you could report things like the user ID or 
maybe an order ID or whatever was like in flight at the time that error happened. So breadcrumbs basically extends that idea a bit and says, okay, you can stuff a bunch of activities that happened that were leading up to the event into this, uh, it's basically an array that gets sent to us. And so you can say, oh, well, they encountered this page or they ran this query or, or whatever. And that helps set the scene for how that error could have happened. It's pretty handy information. Can I tell you of a place where I could have really used breadcrumbs like sort of recently, but they were just not quite, you know, shipped and, and ready. We use Honey Badger internally, you know, as you guys know, to keep track of our internal errors, because we do have a couple. And so I was going and, and I, one of my morning routine things is I go and check the errors specifically for like the front end JavaScript stuff, because that's the stuff I'm most likely to break. And I noticed there was this weird specific class of error where our front end code, we full confession, we use jQuery still because it's just awesome. When we built the app, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know what? I should own this. Yeah. Like jQuery is <laughs> awesome. We love it. We're never getting rid of it. No. We're using jQuery and um, for some reason, jQuery was interpreting Ajax request response as JavaScript. And then there was, it was saying there was a syntax error in the JavaScript. And in case you've never had this happen to you before, this is one of those JavaScript errors that gives you literally no information other than like something bad happened. And it's, it's just like syntax errors. Like, great. What, where, what's the syntax error? Please, please tell me. So I had to go and sort of do a little custom instrumentation to basically log every ADEX request that happened in the application. And basically, so I could figure out which one was returning. Actually, I could figure out which one happened just before the error to figure out, to see like what it was returning. Because mm -hmm. to be honest, we don't really have a lot of like AJAX responses that should be returning JavaScript. We have a couple, which is another great technique. And yeah, so the breadcrumbs would have been really nice because then it would have let us it would have let me just see sort of maybe automatically that, well, you know, here's all the, the responses we got. And I wouldn't have had to, to look at that manually. It turns out, you want to know the punchline? It turns out that jQuery, because it's so awesome and so user-friendly, unless you tell it exactly what type of response to expect from an Ajax call, it will do its best to figure it out for you. And for some reason, our nginx error pages that you get when you know you're throttled or whatever for some reason it was interpreting those as javascript that it needed to execute even though there's there's not i checked the headers i checked the con it, there's nothing in it that looks like javascript i have no idea there's why there's not like a dollar sign in the in the body oh there you may know, be because i'm all about it, the you know if, if there's you know. a dollar sign it's jquery okay yeah damn hmm Anyway, that would have been useful. That's exactly like that is the use case for breadcrumbs. Yeah. And uh, we launched them so far. We launched them what, for Ruby and Elixir. And I'm currently working on the JavaScript implementation. So pretty soon you will be able to not, you won't have to hack all that networking code together to uh, see what's happening. Well, yeah. you know, what am I going to do when like Honey Badger just does everything for me? This is just, the problem uh, users are going to have. Yeah. Just a vacation and. Well, yeah. Record seasons yeah, more of vacations? Founder Quest. Founder Quest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one other thing that we've been doing is, or I, I've been doing mostly, is revamping the blog. Like if, if uh, you, dear listeners, go and look at our blog, honeybadger.io slash blog, you'll see a brand new spiffy design. Looks um, amazing. It looks amazing. Yeah. I, no lie. No lie, it does. <laughs> so that's one of the things I've been working on because... 
Yeah, because we're going to have a, a sort of a big new effort, a big new push around blogging. And it's kind of interesting because the genesis of this is actually kind of interesting because I, one of the things I really like to do is occasionally sort of download a whole like just ton of CSVs full of data around all aspects of our business and then just sort of like disappear for a couple of weeks and crunch it and, and try and figure out what it means. And so I noticed that in sort of the times when we happened to be the most active sort of blogging, um, we actually saw some results from that in terms of revenue and all that. And they're the type of results, though, that they were really kind of hard to see, like in the moment, because I remember checking stuff and checking stats like in the moment when we were blogging. But, you know, like after six months or a year, it was pretty obvious. And so, yeah, so my big new push is blogging and we got so new blog design is sort of the first step because we want this thing to look great and we want it to look attractive to people. And, you know, the second step, which I'm working on now is finding authors because I, you know, I like to write and, you know, I plan on, on writing, but uh, sort of keeping up the level and the pace of blog posts that we really need. I did it once and it, like, I just, it just wasn't yeah. sustainable. It was just really stressful and I ran out of things I knew about to write. You blogged a lot, Star. Yeah, I was like I, doing... You were like a blogging machine. I was doing like a technical blog post every day, basically. <laughs> it was your full-time job. So now I'm trying to maybe recreate sort of the success that we had in that, but in a way where that it's sort of more like a system, more like a business should be, right? Where we mm -hmm. sort of hire people to do some work and we do some of it in-house. And so it's kind of this big new thing. I'm, I'm excited about it and we'll see how it goes. Tell me about like the quality of the blog posts and the, the authors that you're looking for. Cause I don't know, maybe we have some listeners who would be interested in, in writing for us. That's a great idea. What do you think? I mean, we, we are, we are on this, uh, this podcast here where developers listen yeah, to us. So, so I've been working on a um, sort of author recruitment document, which I shared with you guys yesterday. And um, it includes a lot of this and I guess I'll publish um, that and we'll probably link it in the show notes and everything. But basically what we're looking for, the type of content we're looking for and that we've had success with in the past sort of has to do with teaching people sort of fundamentals and teaching people how things work at maybe a level deeper than a lot of tutorials usually go. Because there's so much content on the web that's just about how, like, how do I, you know, build a form? Like, how do I make a to-do app in, you know, Angular? Does Angular still exist? I, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure it does. There's just a lot of this very sort of tactical content that's like how to do a specific thing. And, you know, that's useful and everything. But what I found personally, and I, I think how this relates to the mission of Honey Badger as a company is, you know, we help people deal with errors and, in their systems and fix their errors. And one of the things that I found to be really useful is to have a sort of very broad knowledge of things and to try and sort of understand how systems work. Because a lot of times the thing that's causing your error is maybe a misunderstanding of something that's sort of fundamental to the system. Or maybe mm -hmm. it's a, yeah, maybe there's like a leaky abstraction where like the operating system and the way it works is somehow influencing the way your code needs to work. And maybe your code didn't take that into account. So I think the blog is all about just sort of providing people that context and providing this sort of rich, this rich sort of learning experience that teaches people things that they're going to, it's going to stick with them like for a year or two. And it's not just something that's going to, they're going to sort of forget in 
or it's going to expire because like a new version of Node came out in, in three weeks. So totally. that's the sort of thing we're looking for. And we're looking to find people who we can work with on a sort of a long-term basis to do lots of articles. We're going to pay very well compared to most places that pay for blog posts. We're going to start yeah, at, good. you know, the price is, is free, right? Like we're, we're just, looking, Oh yeah. You're you doing know, it for it's, free. It's I mean, you so get sure. the privilege of guest posting on the honey badger it's blog, amazing. which oh, that's, exposure. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's exposure right there. Exposure is the <laughs> ultimate currency. That's right. <laughs> So no, we're going to pay him money. And uh, I talked with Peter Cooper about this actually. And he, he said, this is actually a very sort of generous sort of starting rate. We're going to start at $500 for sort of average article, whatever that means. We're still kind of working it out. You know, more complex stuff, we'll pay more for. We're not interested in nickeling and diming people. And we're interested in having sort of excellent content that really helps people. So I don't know, if you're interested in working with us on that, working with me specifically, then yeah, get in touch. We will link to that on show notes in Twitter and, and whatever. Yeah, I can't wait. So what else is going on? Like, So, you know, a lot of what I do is not visible to our customers. A lot of the work that I do is in the background. It's, you know, as long as you don't notice any problems, then I'm doing my job, right? I, I like what Star was saying about how we're looking for people to write content that's not about the tactical, here's how you do a thing but more about here's how you understand stuff. And in contrast, like when I write for our blog, I typically write about here's how to do a thing because I'm doing those kind of things in the background. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool to share, right? So I love writing about that, that kind of mm -hmm. stuff and I'm, I think I'll continue doing that, but... Yeah, which is totally well, useful in yeah, it's, as well. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And I, I like learning stuff. And then, you know, one of the... To me, I think one of the things, whenever you learn something, it's a good time to write about it because as you teach other people, you mm -hmm. learn it better. And you start to poke holes in your, in your own experience and you see where you may have messed something up. But so recently I've spent the past uh, week or two redoing our internal Honey Badger instance. So Sarah mentioned that, you know, we had use Honey Badger to track Honey Badger. Our instance was a little out of date because we've been making some significant changes over the past year. Like we switched from Solar to Elasticsearch. We started using Lambda a lot more. So there are a bunch of like moving parts to our production Honey Badger instance that hadn't quite made it to our internal Honey Badger instance. So in the past week or two, I've basically replaced our internal Honey Badger instance with a brand new stack. And uh, while I was in there, I thought, hey, why don't I automate all this? So, you know, while I'm doing some work, let me do some extra work <laughs> that no one's going to notice. I built an entire like Terraform infrastructure that like boots up a new region for us. So it, it creates the VPC, mm -hmm. it creates all the security groups, the Elasticsearch cluster, the RDS instance, the EC2 instance, like gosh, you just run apply and all of a sudden we have buckets and lambdas and everything. It's pretty cool. I don't know, Ben, that sounds like a huge waste of time. Like I don't see right. how that could right. ever be useful, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's too. awesome. Can yeah, I ask that's... you a question that may, that may sound, that may betray my ignorance or maybe just my memory? Are we using um, RDS for like our main Postgres? So like for our production now? instance, we are not. We are self-hosting Postgres. We use Petroni to have automated failover and that's been working like a champ. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was just, so the way that you work so often, Ben, is you just sort of slide things in. And so I know we talked about using RDS yeah. for our main Postgres. And so I was just like, did this just, yeah. did you just like do this? Just like that one time that Josh went on vacation and I placed everything with Cassandra? That's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, just I come back and there's Cassandra. Like everything is running on yeah, Cassandra. And I'm like, 
Well, it sounds like this RDS uh, chain, like maybe this is this kind of like a good test environment for trying out these ideas. And then potentially we could implement those changes, like go the yeah. other direction and and roll that out in Before we production. Get to, I feel like I should explain that RDS is Amazon's, it's one of their managed database hosting options that you would use instead of like running your own server and running your own Postgres right. on top of it. I What I did is I created this in a separate uh, AWS account. I created a new account so that it would be just, you know, from scratch and there wouldn't be any conflicts with our production environment or our testing environment. And uh, yeah, I, the goal was to be able to just run Terraform and you can get a full stack and you could do all kinds of experiments with it, right? So we can, I mean, you name it, you can try it out. Or if even just a, like one of us wants to have a full environment that's not on our laptop, right? You could have that too. So yeah, we could do things yeah. like, you know, test a new version that's of right. Postgres. So for example, like it's running, the, this internal instance is running Postgres 11 and we're still on 9.6 in our production environment. So yeah, I get to test that. In fact, I'm glad you mentioned that because I tested the new partitioning scheme in Postgres, I think Postgres 10 introduced this and Postgres 11 made it even better. In 9.6 that we're using in production, we use PG Partman. It manages our partitions for us. And so basically what a partition is, Star, because I know you'll want like to explain this, a partition splits up your big database table into smaller tables. So you can more effectively manage the data that's mm -hmm. in there. You can have queries against smaller tables because it's partitioned, say, by day or, or by month. And yeah. in older versions of Postgres that didn't have native partitioning, you had to use triggers. So like an insert would happen to a parent table and the, the trigger would say, oh, no, don't put it in the parent table, put it in one of the child tables. The new partitioning that was introduced in version 10 and made better in version 11 now has that built into Postgres. So you don't have to use triggers. It actually understands how you can split a table into multiple child tables. And so just the past couple of nice. days, it actually did that in our, in our new internal environment. So now it's using the, the native Postgres partitioning rather than Partman. So yeah, so stuff like that will eventually roll back cool. into our production environment after being tested in this uh, standalone environment. Yeah, that's fun. Nice, good work. Yeah, I think FounderQuest, like we are sort of on track for, you know, being back. I think we're back. Are we back? We're back. Okay. Well, now, when you go to MicroConf next year, everybody can come up to you and say, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> I've been saving nice. that one up this whole time. <laughs> well done. I've nice. just been dying. I've been waiting for my, my spot. <laughs> but, <laughs> All right. Well, should we, should we wrap but, this you one up? Or what? You what? know, it's not happening in Vegas next year. Yeah. That's right. Oh, I know. It'll be happening yeah, in Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah, what's up with that? It's like, I didn't want it to yeah. be in Vegas, but I didn't want it to be like a, a layover plane right away. I'm just going to miss about whatever happens. Well, you know, we went to Minneapolis for yeah. RailsConf. It was nice, really nice. And yes, you can get a direct flight there. So yeah, yeah. Oh, you can? Okay, I didn't know that. I, I think I may have missed a direct flight last yeah. time I went there, but... Oh, oh yeah, yeah that's... Madison, not Minneapolis. Mm. Oh my God, the Midwesterners <laughs> are just going to be throwing cheese <laughs> All right. Well, it was great talking with you guys. And uh, yeah, if you're ready right. to wrap it up, I think we can do that. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. ThunderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360 degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word. You can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive VIP content. 
Founder Quest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.